already when we were in Chicago, um, we were we were making the Angel was going to make the presentation for us to have um, the CFC, the National CFC Conference in 24. Tammy, you were the speaker, Saturday night speaker, weren't you? Um, anyway, um, and the, it was North Carolina and Tennessee, Nashville. And as somebody, I, I, already knew, I already knew Rito, I, I knew a bunch of people from Texas, but anyway, somebody dropped by and said that there's some heavy pressure going on. Somebody from Tennessee is making a move to get the, to get the uh, Texas vote. So I said, let me, I'm pretty sure that ain't gonna stand. I said, I, said, <laughs> I said, let me see about that. So I went over and I told Rito what was going on. He said, man, it's a lock. He said, ain't nobody dare gonna vote against North Carolina with me here. <laughs> so I give you Rito from Houston, Texas. Get him, buddy. Okay. My name is Margarito and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Rito and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Maga and I'm an alcoholic. And when I used to hang out with the ladies in the night, my name was Michael and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> what a story. We all have a story. First, uh, first of, for most of all, which I've done it this morning, and I do it throughout the day, first I want to thank you, God. Uh, and the reason I say that is because uh, it's a God program. It's not self-help. Self-help can't help self-will run right, you know. So, but God works through people, and I met a lot of wonderful people throughout my life that has helped me. And the result of that, I get to help a lot of people too. We help each other. It's not an I program. We we do it together. I see a lot of faces here, and, and it's wonderful to see that. Uh, I'm not, this is a podium, not a pedestal, okay? There's a lot of things that I have done, and it's only by His grace and His mercy. It's not about what I have done. It's what has He's done for me that I could do for you and others. Uh, and that's why I'm still living today. You know, I'm supposed to be dead at the age of 25. Uh, I'm here to share a story of my life. Uh, I'm not here to do a big book study, which I love doing. Uh, I'm not here to do a step study, which I love doing. I'm here to share it in a general way. Not here to do fourth or fifth step either, okay? But sometimes that stuff comes out, not realizing until the sharing. Somebody says, you're going to preach. I don't preach. I share. And it's a it's share from the heart, and hopefully it will touch your heart, you know. Uh, First, I got to thank a lot of people because I'm a guy that lives in a thank you, you know. I live in a thank you all day long uh, because y'all taught me if I get in the morning and ask God to help me stay clean and sober, I, I didn't believe that would happen, but that would happen. Then later on at night, you thank him. I, I got so good at it where I have a conversation where I say, thank you very much, you know. So I start to grow in the conversation with him. And I have a great relationship with him. And I say that because I'm still here today. Uh, I'm not here angry and resentful and jealous and pressed. I don't have all them feelings that I used to have as a young man running on self-will. You know? Yes, Alcoholics Anonymous is about 
Let's stop the drinking. But I, I believe this in my heart, that it's hard to work the 12 steps while you're drinking anyway. So I believe that's why we stopped drinking, to take the steps. <laughs> Can you imagine me drinking at the bar? Man, let's, Steve, let's talk about the fifth step. And then turn around. Chuck, I want to talk to you about resentment I got. You know, I started just out of control, you know. These words that I'm going to share with you, I didn't even know they exist, okay? But let's go back to the thank you. Paige, thank you for picking me up and, and, and the wonderful time all day yesterday. We went to uh, Tom Zai's uh, home group. Vanessa, is that your name? You've done a great job last night. All the emotions were coming and going, right? And that's what we have. We come alive. I remember a, f a friend of mine, he, he passed away. He, I hate to say it like this, but he, he overdosed. And uh, he helped me. There's a lot of people that's dead, uh, sober and drunk and all that, that has helped me. And uh, I remember him telling me, you know what the greatest miracle in the world is? And I'm thinking, a baby? He said, that's one of them. Uh, people surviving from cancer? Yeah, yeah. He said, no, I'm talking about the greatest miracle in the world. I said, what is it? He said, to watch somebody dead come back alive. I'm talking about spiritual dead, come back alive. And that's what we get to see here. Not only through you guys' experience, but the experience going into the institutions. You know, that's what this whole weekend's about. How can we improve to carry the message with depth and weight with, with the tools that we have? Because there's a lot of roadblocks going on right now. I know I go through them, Chuck goes. Chuck, is, he's one of the guys that I've been sponsored for how many years now? I knew that, 25, and, and it has, and we have a great relationship. I mean, we're always on the road and different parts of the country and helping people because somebody done that for us, our sponsor, his grand sponsor. And uh, so thank you, Paige, for, and thank everybody. I see Tammy, I see Stacy, and, you know, I see, where's Angel? Thank you, yeah, thank you also. Uh, but the, the whole thing is I started off with thank you, God. Uh, you know, Tom, uh, I'm going to talk about him. I'm going to talk about another gentleman. We just had a conversation earlier today, and uh, his name is Jim Estelle. A lot of people say, is he still alive? Yes, he is. I talked to him today. Uh, Steve got to say hello to uh, But when we get to a certain age, I don't know, something about our minds kind of drift off. Mine has been drifting off, but it comes back quicker than some other people. I, I'm truly honest to God that when we were in Toronto, I don't know what was going on in my mind, but I was forgetting my keys. I was just, man, I don't know where I was, but I wasn't drinking. This, I'm having these problems, you know. And uh, what are we going to do? And we rented the car, and we were in Canada. We were at the, at the International. And something came to me at a meeting that I shared because we went to a meeting, and there was an old-timer in, uh, what was that, uh, Niagara Falls. Because everywhere I go, I like to sightsee and visit because I could see today. I could see a lot of things and see beautiful people. There's, let me look around. I don't see nobody ugly. Well, let me look again. <laughs> nobody ugly. I don't see ugliness no more. Everything was ugly. But for many years, I couldn't even see because I always had my head down. My head's always down. Every once in a while, people, oh, nope. I couldn't see people in the eye. That's one of the greatest gifts that not God has given me, He's given us, the fellowship, the people that's involved through the actions of the steps. Because I never imagined me living 
the way I'm living today with the freedom that I have. I'm talking about the freedom from bondage. See, I could be sober and be in bondage. I know I have sponsored guys that they're sober and they're in a lot of bondage, you know. And, and uh, that's the gift of the steps. Right along with the traditions and the concept, the whole, the whole triangle, the, the symbol of us, the circle and the triangle. But uh, I even have it right here, pass it on. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm always in the thank you. Uh, and we went to a meeting, and, and uh, you're all going to probably say, when are you going to start sharing your story? I am. That's my story. I'm, that's life experiences. That's one thing that I, I, I feel so free that I don't plan on what I'm going to say, because if I do that, it's not what I'm supposed to be saying. I learned this early in my sobriety. It, first of all, this is one of the things I learned many years. Is anybody new here for the first time? I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you. That's the job, to welcome the new people. Because if I don't welcome you, you might not feel like you want it here. And that's what the fellowship's done for me. The people, Tom, my sponsor, Rudy, a bunch of old-timers uh, that throughout the years always has extended their hand out there to help me. And that's my job, especially in corrections, to extend that hand, you know. They don't have to take it, but my hand's out there for them. And, and so we went to a meeting, I, I'll never forget, Dave, uh, and I'm saying this because Dave's from, he came all the way from Canada, and, and we were in Canada, and we went to a meeting, and uh, an old-timer said, man, I want to thank you guys from Texas, Chuck was, we were all together, said, let me tell you about Texas, AA's big in Texas, okay, <laughs> AA is big in Texas, man, we're so big, we, we have three, Northeast, Northwest, Southwest, Southeast. It's big. A lot of prisons. When I, when I done time and Chuck done time in them days, uh, they only had 16 prisons, the, the North and the South, eight and eight. Now there's, what, over 100. That's sad. That is sad. My sponsor, Rudy, at the end said, man, this is, this, this is sad. The people, and most of them having alcohol and, and, and drug problems. And their warehouse, he used to call them, man, it's sad, we're going to a human junkyard, you know. Uh, the people that forget about these people. Well, let me tell you about this group right here. And the people throughout the country with H&I, CFC, and treatments all along with extending our hands to the people who are still suffering. That's where we make the difference in people's lives. And that's what I want to talk about if I decide to talk about it, you know, God's got this, he's in charge, and, and so we went to that meeting in the old time, I want to welcome you guys from Texas, man, let me tell y'all the most important thing that y'all done for Canada, and I'm thinking, don't they make Canadian uh, uh, whiskey over there, I don't know, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm thinking, what's it? we didn't do that, he said, the best thing that the Americans have done for us is y'all imported the 12 steps. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Y'all imported the 12 steps to us. And so we get to import the 12 steps into these institutions. And so I'm going to go ahead and start sharing uh, my crazy story. I hear a lot of people I have heard before, and somebody says, oh, Rito has a successful story. I do not have a successful story. My story is dark, it's crazy, harm. I don't use that word lightly. Harm is a... It's, it's emotional, physical, mental 
harm that I have done, not only to myself, but to people around me, my family, society, and the community. I've done that. I own that. And, and you know, the, it's dark. It's, how, how can that be successful? What, what I'm here to report to you tonight, it got successful through your help, through the people that came into the walls and carried the message to me. But I, I was addicted to ignorance back there. Let me tell you how I ended up uh, in, in, in prisons and jails and institutions. The, um, there's a, I have this, I got the tools. I, I always come, like if I go to a party, I always brought my six pack, my 12 pack. I got it, you know. I always brought something to the table. <laughs> I, uh, I, I know for a fact that uh, my wife also says uh, greetings from Texas. My wife, Pat, I love her. She's, I just got off the phone. She says, what time you start? I said, 8 o'clock. She said, um, but it's uh, 7 o'clock now. I said, yeah, you're in Houston. We're hour. I get confused about that. She said, well, 8 o'clock, I'll pray for you. We learned how to do that. I went to that meeting last night. And Vanessa, myself, we got together and prayed about what we're doing. I love that. I never stopped and prayed. Well, I'm lying. I used to pray, give me this, give me that. I'll take this if you owe me this. The, the, the Santa Claus prayers of, you know, always making a deal. Now it's thy will not mine be done, and that's the way it is. And, and it could work real easy for me like that. So I was, uh, my family, muchas gracias para el señor que anda haciendo los tapes allá atrás. Muchas gracias. Oh, I'm not talking in tongues, okay? <laughs> I'm like Angel. I have a God that's in Spanish too. <laughs> I talked to Jim Estelle a while ago, earlier today. And a lot of people, he's he's one of the inspirations in my life, even though he's he's not an AA member. But it reminds me because I'm saying talking about my wife. Do we have any Alanons in here? I think we have a house full, Chuck, but they ain't. If you sponsor somebody, you got to have some kind of Al-Anon in you. <laughs> Tell me, look. we got to be careful with all that. Yeah, because we, uh, I want to thank the Al-Anons here because uh, we can't do this all by ourselves. If it wasn't for Ann, I don't know if they would be around <laughs> by trying to tell uh, Bill and them to get sober. But... Uh, yeah, greetings for Pat to to all of y'all. Uh, Stacy, she, she knew you were here, Tammy, for sure. Chuck, because uh, he's uh, Pat's brother-in-law. He's brother-in-law, but I get to get to work with him. We work together. Uh, I keep saying Jim and Stell, okay, and I say that because a lot of people thought he was already passed away. I haven't talked to him in over a year. And I usually, every time I call them, or a lot of times I call them, and uh, every time I go to conventions like this and the national corrections, I think about him. Because he's been inspiration in my life, on, in many people's life, in your life, Tom I's life, uh, all the people throughout the country in corrections and in Canada. Uh, and he's, he's, he, he's housed Chuck and myself in the Texas prisons, because <laughs> he used to be the director of the prison system in Texas 
and he's one of the men that became class, uh, is it class A, uh, trustee, back in the 70s. When we were doing time, he's the man that was getting 12-step in these prisons because he believed in it. Because he had a sponsor, not through AA, through Al-Anon from Dallas, that helped him have an understanding about this book. And then he took the steps, and something happened to him. He started caring more about the, the, the people in the Texas prison system. And he used to say, man, I love, he used to tell me, Rudy, I love that you got people, uh, the fellowship and the corrections and even the Spanish community going in here because for some reason when you guys go in there, that prison kind of mellows out a little bit. <laughs> no, something happens. You know, even when you go to meeting, you know, I, I used to drink for the effect. I didn't drink for the taste. You say you drink for the taste? I drank some nasty stuff. I didn't drink for the taste, for the effect. Now I'll go to meetings for the effect. Have you ever crazy stuff going on in your head and you go to meetings and it seems like it went away? Because one alcoholic helping another. Nothing magic about that. It's the simplicity of, of the program, of one alcoholic helping another. And really it's like when you trust God and clean house helping others, it doesn't just mean us. Yeah, this is the primary purpose. This is the primary purpose. But the real purpose is to fit yourself to be a maximum service to God and his people. That's not only here, at the grocery store, wherever I'm going, you know, and on the airplane, wherever I'm being service to everybody. And they might be rude to me. Like, yeah, well, we went to a place yesterday, Crackle Bear. We waited two hours and never got the food. I have never walked I have never walked out of a place. Now I'm glad that I have free from bondage or if I would have been in that bondage man I would have went over there and cussed everybody out and just make a scene. That doesn't happen. We left real peaceful. But I won't go back there. <laughs> God gives us brains to use. <laughs> and, and we talked about that. Why is it, I feel free. Let's just go somewhere else. Let's make this it wasn't no big deal. I just move on. So let me let me go ahead and get started with my crazy story here. I just uh, the uh, I'm an alcoholic. I told y'all I was, but I learned a lot through this big book. I got the first edition, the second edition. I, I still work out of the third edition, fourth edition. We some of us got the first printing because we were involved in an intergroup with some service. And we ended up with some first, first this, first that. But the, my family's from Mexico, my grandparents, okay? Uh, my parents are from South Texas. Uh, I'm from Houston, been there next week. Next month, I've been there 72 years, okay? And I know all the back streets. <laughs> but I also knew the, the borders because... I used to, my, my father used to own produce business. You know all them watermelons, cantaloupes, and onions? That's not all they have. They got other stuff under them trucks. <laughs> and I'm Pablo's son. See, that's my dad's name, Pablo. And, uh, and I used to be the kid that used to unload these trucks and get these packages. I didn't even know what they were. I just know that when I got it, I was just following directions, just... They're like, rarely have we seen a person fail the thoroughly follows per directions, you know. 
this, that's the path that they got me on, you know. And uh, later on, I thought I was just doing what my dad wanted me to do. I, I, I admired him because he's my dad. I respected him. But I have gotten more help from other people than my own family. And that's why we call each other a family because my dad, I'm not saying he was bad. He, that's what was transmitted to him. And that's all he had. That's his design for living, you know, lying, stealing, and cheating. And then it was passed on to me, and, and I took it and ran with it. And so I, I come from that environment where the men in our family, we don't go to college. We go to penitentiaries, you know. And maybe we want to get in college there, but no, it's just like my brother, my cousins, my uncles, all of them went to prison. Uh, and, and some of us were kind of, it's a sick thing to say, but the more time you had, the, the more you respected that person. Isn't that sick thinking? Like the guy's doing life, oh, man, he's a homeboy. No, I don't want to do no damn life. I don't want to be no homeboy. That's, that, you know. So uh, I picked up a lot of bad habits. Uh, I got to remember my, my first drink, uh, and I will remember my last one. Because if I don't, I might not have that process. Uh, this is a lot of tragic enhancement uh, as a kid, and I didn't have the tools to deal with them. Uh, one thing is I, I have a learning disability. That doesn't make me stupid or dumb, even though I've done some stupid and dumb things, especially under the influence of alcohol. But uh, I didn't know that later on in life that was going to help, help somebody else. Because when I go to meetings, I hear people, even especially in the institutions, oh, I got to go to class. What class is that? I'll call it, no, we're not a class. And I said, he said, why? I said, because that was my fear when I came in early. Y'all going to grade me. And I don't know how to read. And I'm going to fail. So I have fear of coming in. So always trying to put that to, the, to let them know, look, we're not here to grade you, man. We're here to help you. If you don't know how to read, we help you do that too, you know. And that's what y'all done for me. So at the age of 10, I met this little girl. Uh, this little girl, I was 10, she was 9. And uh, my little bubble friend, uh, I was 10, Pat was 9, he was 8. And uh, we were in the backyard playing with, uh, well, I don't know if we were playing. We were, we were burning trash in the city of Houston, 55-gallon can. And the fire was going out, and we got this uh, mop and, you know, swinging around with the fire. And it, the fire went out, so Bubba got the gas tank, and he went, and he threw it in and whoo, came back. And from here down, that gas tank fell on him, and he just burned up. And he was, I'm a kid. And he's hollering, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. And I'm like, man. I'm hollering for my mom, because she lived right across the street. And she came, wrapped him around with a blanket, and took him to St. Joseph Hospital. And he died uh, maybe a week later. My first experience of sitting in front of three, four people and interrogating me and saying, hey, what happened back there? See, the truth about honesty is hard, because the first time that I got on, well, I thought I was being an honest little kid, but the first experience looking back on the inventory that I've done through my life 
It's the first time I told the truth when they called us. I, I was raising the projects. They called me and, and I answered the phone and said, where's your mom? She's at work. Where's your dad? He's at work. I told on my family. They were, that's too much income because my mom wasn't supposed to be working. Kind of told, told the truth. And man, my dad, he didn't, I don't come from that family I got beat up or sexual or nah. Verbal, man, he talked to me like he was cutting me up, you know. It hurt it. That's that harm I'm talking about. I've done a lot of that to people, plus physical and, and the men, mental state of, of harming people. And so he, uh, I never forget. Man, that's what, I told the truth. I got in trouble. So in this incident, when they were asking me, what happened back there? I don't know. See, I'm already lying. I know what happened. He says, well, you know, they said that you poured the gas on him. I said, no, I didn't pour no gas. I'm scared as hell. I don't even, I'm scared because they're telling me that my little friend's going to die. And I, I haven't experienced that people dying and stuff. I'm a kid. I don't know nothing about that. And so they told me, uh, well, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. And then the other, there's always a good cop, bad cop, whatever cop. <laughs> he says, uh, well, you, you know, you're going to go to Gaysville. Back then in Gaysville, it used to be for young, young boys, uh, ju uh, adolescents, juveniles. Well, I already had some friends there because that's the kind of crowd I hung around from the projects. They were stealing, doing this. They were already going to Gaysville. I said, man, I don't want to go there. And so they ended up, uh, I couldn't tell the truth. The, what were you doing back there? I don't know. I said I don't know nothing for many years in my life because that's how I know how to survive. And that's why in this program, honesty is the hardest one to work on because it's the opposite of what I've been doing all my life. I can't, if I, that's how I've been surviving by cutting corners and doing all that. I got all defected. And so um, my first drink, uh, matter of fact, that little boy Bubba, I went and visited him. What's today? Today's Friday. I was there last Sunday. Me and my wife went there last Sunday. I go visit him, and I visit my son that died, a twin boy, and I visit my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and then from there we drove all the way across the other part of town, visit my mom and my dad and your mom and dad. And went over there and prayed. I didn't know how to do things like that. Because in my past, when Bubba died and then when my son died, I used to go to the cemetery all drunk and, you know, I'm brother God. And, did you? and then as, as my ignorance in my mind, blaming God for these situations in my life, I started not wanting to have nothing to do with it. Even though they had to go to church. Yeah, I've been to all the different churches. And the projects, they'll feed you and they'll take you wherever. I'm in line. You're going to feed me. I'll go wherever you want me to, you know. You go to Baptist, go to this. And they're all great institutions. Don't get me wrong. Nobody's ever hurt me in these institutions. But uh, I had, I had to, not fear. I just didn't trust this process of God. And then, uh, but uh, the truth is I, I didn't understand this. Didn't have to because when I started drinking, it just altered me. Now, I have a lot of wonderful uh, things that I share also with the guys in, in, or institutions. I don't just talk about the drinking drink. I talk about the gifts. I have a lot of gifts. Everybody has gifts. I'm a self-taught musician. I was an all-state basketball player. I've always been a leader in, in some capacity at work. I always came up 
on the work of force. I mean, something God's given me without me trying to figure it out. Because I've been disciplined through work beyond time. You know, and alcoholics now have stepped that up on me for me, you know, to be responsible and stuff. Um, any veterans here? I want to salute you guys and women. You too? You involved? Yeah. I didn't go to the service. I'm too busy getting busted. They didn't give me the opportunity. Some of my friends got, well, you go to prison or you go to service. They didn't give me that opportunity. Uh, but uh, for some reason lately, I've been visiting these people at the uh, gravesides. Uh, when was it? In November, I went and saw my coach. I didn't realize that he was only 10 years older than me when I was in high school. I was the first kid he met in junior high that he put under his wing. See, I've been being sober and realizing that there's been a lot of people in my life been trying to help me, man. It's not only in Alcoholics Anonymous. There's a lot of wonderful people, and he was one of them. And when I found out he passed away, I had tears coming down. And, and my wife said, what, what, what's going on? I said, man, Coach Springer passed away. And he's the only one that used to pick me up at the house and take me, because I, I was from the hood, and we used to go from, neighbor, from hood to hood and play basketball. Uh, he was all-American basketball player. He taught me a lot. Not only did he taught me about basketball, he taught me about life. And, and I never looked at it like that because I'm too busy doing my nonsense. And so when he passed away, uh, we went to, he, he, he started, uh, and I'm fixing to get involved in this project, uh, he started the first... Uh, high school basketball museum. And when I went and visited, man, he had all kind of stuff from all kind of people. I said, damn, Coach, you got all, yeah. But I think about people like that as I, as I stand here today because that's the gift of sobriety and knowing that I have some love for people in my past. But I have more love for the ones that are suffering. I never saw him suffer. But the, the people, like the veterans that I work with, I work for an organization called U.S. Vets. It's the largest uh, nonprofit organization in the, in, the, in the United States country. And uh, there's a lot of alcoholics and addicts. Uh, that's a lot of them. And, and, and a lot of beautiful people that serve the country and, and they ended up in handicapped by other situations. So my passion is for people like that that are still suffering. They're suffering and scarred, not only through drugs and alcohol, but other mental things that happen in, in, in situations like wars. Or My war was in the streets. That's what happened to me. I'm Pablo's son. I'm the guy that's supposed to pick up the, the things on, at the farmer's market. Uh, to make a long story long. <laughs> Let me read where, 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 how I ended up here. This is a, because this not only is, is more, this program is designed for living, you know. I, uh, there's, there's more than just, you know, oh, I got to stop drinking. That's, that's, yeah, I got to do that. But, uh. The, the bottom line is that, man, if I don't do the other stuff, 
I'm, I'm, I could be sober. I know a lot of sober people, man, and walk around angry. Angry. I mean, I'm so angry. You look at them, and, what the hell are you looking at? I'm not even looking at you, dude. You know? And that's how I was, self-centered, the text, you know. I'm looking over there. Yeah. But for a long time, I couldn't even look up. And if I did, I had that hate in my face because I'm living in fear. This is what happened to me. He said, I drank from the age of 12, I was 13, until I was 32, until I was 41. I wasted many years, 20 years of my life, and there's nothing I can do about that. But there is something I can do about it now. I was very fortunate indeed not not to have suffered any brain damage. Sometimes I think I have a little bit of that. I got a big old scar. I got a scar from here all the way here where they try to kill me. Yeah. And he was my best friend. The alcohol and the drugs turned us into monsters. And then I learned from, I lived in the three R's of resentment, the retaliation, the and, and from the resentment, the retaliation, you know, just revenge. I started attacking people like that. You owe me. No, no, no. Fighting over materialistic things, you know. Uh, I can do, uh, there's nothing I can do about it now. I was very unfortunate not to have suffered any brain damage. In my case, for 22 years, I was also addicted to heroin. Somebody said, heroin? This is alcoholic Anonymous. I'm reading out of the big book, and I say that because I know the singleness of purpose. And a lot of the members that I go visit, they don't understand that. That's just my life story. I can share my life story. But I don't stay stuck on that because there's a lot of other 12-step programs where we could guide these people the way I was guided. Uh, Texas prison was wonderful. And in the well, in the 90s, we had separate meetings, and they all washed away. And now we're trying to, you know, make it work, and it is working. I uh, so Bubble died, and I was uh, resentful of the neighbors because they said that they saw me pour the gas on him. So I, I didn't know nothing about resentment until years later, until y'all taught me about the inventory. So I ended up. Uh, Doing a lot of crazy things. I, I was high school basketball coach Springer. He he wanted he wanted me to go to college, but I was a straight F student. I was. Well, I'm lying. I made a A in gym, and I made a C minus in Spanish. <laughs> we laughing, but that's the guy's truth. I found the report cards, and I said, "Damn, I've, I've been telling the truth to these people in the, the fellowship." Uh, and he tried to help me go to college. He said, he said man, I didn't know. I had, I had to get sober to find out I was dyslexic. We find out a lot of things about ourselves when we're in inventory. I thought I was a dumb person. Now, I've done a lot of dumb things. But I really actually thought I was something. Something was wrong with me. Guess what? That was wrong with me. None of them, I accept that today. I ain't trying to be nobody else. I used to try to be something else. I accept who I am today. I thank you guys for allowing me to even be here and enjoy this weekend with you guys. And so, I, uh, yeah, I've done a lot of tragic. I, my, first, uh, my first AA, my first AA ever, I was 20. Oh, I didn't even tell you about me doing this crazy thing. I was 25 years old, and self-pity is a powerful thing. I shot myself. 
I put the pistol in my mouth. And I had a deal since then, that that's going to hurt. <laughs> we laughing, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I seriously put that gun in my mouth. And then I said, no, no. no it was like this. And I said, man, that's going to hurt. So I put it here. Bam. Threw it in the dumpster. Went into a 7-Eleven. Fell out. And they said, what happened? Oh, they, try, they shot me. They. I always put the blame on other people. They shot me. And so, but see, alcoholics are crazy. And they think positive. <laughs> Y'all laughing for a reason. Because we do some crazy things. You know what was across the street off of Gessner? Chuck knows what was across the street? It was Herman Memorial Hospital. Emergency room. See, when I shot myself, the plan was to get to the hospital quick. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to die. You know what I wanted? I wanted self-pity. Oh, man, alcoholics like me have self-pity. Feel sorry for I ended up there. I escaped from there. Took the IV out. Left with a bullet in my chest. A year later, I'm the, I was getting real sick. All kind of things were going on in my body. I had to go back in the hospital. And I remember my wife. Uh, uh, there was this little girl. Uh, the little boy that died was a fire. Uh, her, her little, she's my wife still today. Uh, she wants to send greetings to you guys too. Uh, the reason she didn't come this weekend because she likes to fellowship with. She's a grateful Alanon. She taking meetings into the prison, the women's prison, because most of them they're alcoholic, but they've been abused through Alanon situations. And uh, the reason she didn't come because uh, my son's playing. Uh, and uh, down in Houston, great musician, uh, uh, wonderful kid. Well, I say kid's 50 years old. And can you believe he's all 50? Yeah, yeah. He, but uh, the relationship uh, it goes on with a with a fellowship. And so, uh, when I shot myself, I threw the gun in the dumpster, and, and got in the hospital, took the IV, and I called my wife. She ain't seen me in months. Always self-pity. Pat, they shot me, you know. Well, where are you at? Now, she hung up on the phone. Can you believe that? <laughs> Why would she hang up the phone? I, I ain't talked to her in months. See, I didn't know how to be responsible. Uh, I have twin sons. One of them already passed away. I'm, I'm in self-pity because my son died. Uh, I'm thinking God killed him, that kind of thinking. And all this crazy stuff. But anyway, I, uh, I have, by then I have a, my, my daughter, Tanya, and then my baby, uh, April. April Dawn. The reason she, my wife named her April Dawn, because I was born in April, and I only came home at dawn. <laughs> True story. <laughs> but, but my son, Paul, he had, uh, we had twin, his uh, twin brother passed away and I blame God for all that. I blame people and situations why things was going on. So I ended up uh, you know, just using, drinking, drugging and all that. And so I moved on with with uh not accepting that. And uh the way I ended up in prison was uh I, I was a drug dealer. Uh I know y'all don't know nobody like that. Uh, because I thought if I have enough money I'd be all right. Because I, I was raising the projects. And I seen my grandmother sweeping the dirt floor at her house down in, in Mexico, and then she moved to McAllen. 
And I thought that was a wonderful thing for her as a grandmother. From moving from a house where she swept the dirt to a concrete, even though she lived in the projects, but that was a better move. And uh, so I was raised in the projects. And, uh, and then we moved to the north side. I met my wife when I was 10 years old, and she lived across the street. And uh, we, we kid each other because she said, uh, when I first met her, I knocked her off the swings. I'm a little bully. And, and I say that she looked at me, she said, that's my man. <laughs> we come from homes, broken homes that we've been abused. My father-in-law, Chuck's father-in-law, because uh, I'm married, I'm Pat and, and, and Rosanna, their sisters. Our father-in-law was in penitentiary. My brother-in-law's all in penitentiary. We were in the penitentiary. That's all we know. And all the women are always taking care of the kids in the house. It's not like that no more because things changed through you guys. My first ever, my first ever AA meeting, I was at the Darrington Union. And they said, AA. I said, what's that? He said, oh, it's for drunks. I mean. But then I learned how to get around and start doing manipulating and hustling and stuff and go to the meetings and do my little game. That same prison I'm talking to you, I was there last week. Okay, I learned something later on when I got sober that, you know, the seat was planted. So that's all we're doing. We're planting seats. And so, so I, I ended up uh, doing a, a drug deal, and I got uh, busted in Dallas. Uh, I set myself up. Can you believe that? <laughs> I was hurting so much. After I shot myself, it seems like something would have happened, right? I could never tell the truth to nobody about my life, about what was going on. I always had these hidden secrets, and it was eating me up. And drugs and alcohol, especially alcohol, was my solution. And so I ended up, uh, I ended up selling a couple of these things like this to undercover. I knew he was. What is it that I'm doing? I'm running from life. I'm running from responsibilities to take care of my wife and my kids that need their father. But I don't know how to be a father. I didn't even know how to be a son. Yeah, I don't know how to do nothing because I don't, I'm not. I don't have the, the plans. I always look like that because I'm, I'm the steps, the traditions. And it allowed me to learn how to, to grow up, and I'm still learning that. Uh, so I, my first ever meeting was a Darrington unit. I, I, like I said, I was there last, last Sunday. Nothing's changed. It smells the same. The game's still going on. What's changed is that I get the opportunity to let them know what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. In my experience, through the step work, you know, and um, the revolution of different prisons and things uh, back in the in the nineties, man, it was we had CAAA in it. You could really do some work, you know. And now and then they kind of abandoned us from going in there, and then we regroup, and now we kind of, especially the pandemic thing, we we don't have enough volunteers. There's never going to be enough volunteers. Never going to be enough. So the job that I have is to do what I can do. You know, I know Chuck's been struggling in some prisons. They don't want, it's not that they don't want us. They don't understand us. So it's my job to try to, you know, just be who I am and not get caught up with them, move to another area if that's what I have to do. Who suffers for that? The members in there. They're the ones that suffer because they're waiting on us. They're waiting on us. Ned Skillet, he used to tell me, we got to go. Man, it's storming. They're waiting on us. They ain't going to have a meeting unless we get there. 
So through the experience of uh, learning about my first, uh, I, I sober. Let me tell you my sobriety date where I got sober. Seven twenty-eight ninety-two is my sobriety date, and this is the way it happened for me. Uh, I got to that point where I'm suffering, and uh, like I said, I shot myself with a gun, uh, looking for self-pity, because I ain't been home in months. And I had an excuse, well, you know, they shot me. Let's change the subject. Let's, and a lot of the members in there that I have learned, one time I told people that I shot myself with a gun, a guy after the meeting came to me. Man, I ain't, no, I ain't told nobody, but I did that too. <laughs> You'd be surprised what honesty, because I'm free. If I go tell somebody else about my life story, this is, damn, how embarrassing. Get away from that man, you know. Here, when I hear the stories of a guy suffering, you know what? I, come here, man. Hug him. Because that's all I needed, some love. That's why they call it love and service. We, we serve with love. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm free, man. I'm, I'm so free sometimes I just want to fly, and, you know. And I do from one state to another, from one meeting to another. From, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's easy when, when you're free to carry this message because I don't have to try to figure this out. I ain't playing what I'm going to say tonight. I'm free. Now, I don't know what, if you listen or not because early in my sobriety, I had a problem listening. That's why I had a, a sponsor, Rudy. Chuck, remember Rudy? About this big. He was, he was an old gangster too. Uh, he said, step one, shut up. <laughs> Y'all get that, huh? He says, step two, you listen when you shut up. He says, step three, you learn when you listen when you shut up. He says, step four, you practice. You practice what you learn when you listen when you shut up. I said, Rudy. He said, wait a minute. Step five, go pass on what you learn when you listen when you shut up. I said, Rudy, that's five steps. He said, you're going to die before we get to 12. The simplicity of AA is really that simple. I don't try the intellect things. It's a demonstration of how you act in front of people. Because I have guys in the meetings trying to manipulate, try to use me in the, in the group. No, no, no. I don't, do, I don't play that. You know? Because now I'm feeding into the disease of, uh, of addiction, of selfishness, and all the stuff that goes with the root of the real problem. Alcohol, and that, that was the solution for me. But it got to the point where I can't stand myself drunk or sober, you know. And so uh, I learned a lot. I'm still learning. Uh, what I learned is God given us a gift uh, to carry this message. It was depth and weight, you know. Uh, I had I'm work, I work with homeless veterans, and man, I see a lot of people suffering. And uh, and I work with people that they're not educated. Don't have to be educated. Just have an understanding of what the 12 steps are about. Even people in the institutions, you know. So I learned how to, you know, trust God, clean house, and help others, you know. Not from 1 to 12. You could go from 1 to 12. I see a lot of people, and they get sober and they want to go carry a message. Hold on, what message do you have to carry? It's the attitude, how you present yourself with the human being. Because that's what I'd be... You know, somebody say, you taking my inventory? And I said, no, you're showing it to me. <laughs> That's simple. 
I ain't taking it. You're showing it to me. I remember me and Ned Skillet. Ned was a, one of the writers for the Houston Chronicle. And uh, he was 90-something years old. He was still going to prisons. And he, uh, he, was a article, he was one of the editors for Houston Chronicle, but he ended up in prison. And, uh, and I remember he would meet me where I used to work at a place called Extended Aftercare. And he would meet me, and, and the guy was talking, and he said, Y'all taking my inventory? And Ned said, No, young man, you're showing it to us. You're showing me your inventory. Because we learn how to care for people. I don't tell people what to do. I show you what we do. Uh, so this program has given me a lot of gifts, and, and it's freedom from bondage, you know, because I was in bondage when I was a little kid before I even took the first drink. I was in bondage when the people said that I burnt my little brother-in-law before he was my brother-in-law. They said, the neighbor said that I burned him. They saw me pour gas on him. Talk about resentments. I had that for a long time. Thank God for the program that y'all released me from that bondage, you know. I blame a lot of people. I just learned this the other day. My first, I didn't know how to speak English when I was a young kid. I didn't know that. My, I found that through resources that people told me. He said, man, people used to make fun of you. And he said, that's why you turned out to be real mean, because people used to laugh at you because you didn't talk English. Now I got the gift of speaking not only two languages. I got the gift of being a service to to different languages. You know, we've been all over all over the world, all over Mexico. One time we went to Mexico to go help the fellowship there. I don't know if Chuck remembers this, but there were some gang members, the cartels at the time, that they didn't want people like us over there. That's ruining their territory. But we went because we had the compassion to carry big books into that country. Remember that time we went, Chuck? Chuck's been with me, with my sponsor, for years and years. So we've been traveling throughout this country. And this, we've been to all these uh, meetings all over. Tom, I used to always invite me to this. And for some reason, I always had somewhere else to go. And he remembered. He said, yeah, you're a busy man. I said, well, you taught me to get busy. Get busy living or get busy dying. And uh, it's amazing what, what has happened in my life with my relationship with my boy. He's not a boy. He's a young man. He's just turned 50 years old. Uh, but he's my boy. Uh, my daughter that don't want to speak to me for whatever reason. Am I okay with that? No, I'm not okay with that. But I have to back off and help you and your children because you all help me how to accept my children. And I have my baby daughter right now. That she's doing good. Uh, uh, I'm not running around angry because they don't want to talk to me and Pat. Because other people was poisoned. I say other people. Other people poisoned her, and she fell for it. I can't convince her to change her mind because nobody could convince me to change my mind. It comes to where to their own self be true. And I've been true to myself every morning when I say, God, help me stay clean and sober and let me carry the message to the people still suffering. People suffering out here. They're suffering in there. Uh, what I have learned is uh, I work with an organization called U.S. Vets. And, uh, we help uh, homeless. Uh, I've, been, I've been there many years, and people say, man, why do you work with them crazy people? They're my people. Why do you go visit these people in prison? Somebody visit me. So my love for Alcoholics Anonymous, right along with my wife, because my wife is a 
I'm grateful Ellen and I. She used to go to meetings in Plain State Jail. She has her story too. Uh, she could tell you about how she hit me with a frying pan, <laughs> you know, because we had a crazy family. But our love today, you go to my home, you can feel the love because we care about people today. We care about ourselves. We're going to start with ourselves. And, and she's not here tonight because she loves you guys too. Uh, it's because our son is playing in Houston and he's fixing to go to uh, South America, to Columbia. He's doing a, a world tour was a I never heard this group uh, and he's fixing to do he's a great musician all-american jazz drummer where did he learn that from because his dad used to sit in the back room and just play and jam drink and play and jam he picked up some good habits from me but uh, I love my kids uh, no matter if some of them talk to me or not uh, I'm okay with that just like I love your kids if they don't talk to you or not you know, because the love of service is not only through Alcoholics Anonymous, it comes outside to your families. It comes to the community. And so, you know, I always end up with a talk with uh, this here. Oh, man, I got some pictures here. I could show you of this crazy man. Uh, uh, let me see, where is it? I always do this. Okay, right here. Look at this crazy man right there. I ended, uh, I ended up in prison for sales, and uh, and I blamed everybody that I got set up and all that. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And that's the story we have of our experience. Let me read this real close. An active member of AA since 1992. My sobriety day is 1992, okay? I feel myself a useful member of the human race. See, I used to live in the rat race. If I get this, if I get that, I'll get. I'll be all right. I had all the material stuff, two or three or four times money. I had all that. As a drug dealer, you get all that. But I never was happy. I lived in fear. When they're gonna catch me? When they're gonna shoot me? They're gonna rob me and all that. That's not no way I want to live no more. It says an active member of AA since 19, my sobriety day 7:28:92. I feel myself a useful member of the human race at last. I have something to contribute to humanity since I am particularly qualified as a fellow suffering to give aid and comfort to those who have stumbled and fallen over the business of meeting life. Everybody, most people behind the walls, they don't know how to meet with life. No relationship. All that stuff. Suffering. Don't know. No, we lost. We lost souls. And it says here, I get my greatest thrill of accomplishment from the knowledge that y'all have given me through the experience of 12 steps. They don't say that, but I'm saying that. That I have played a part in the new happiness achieved by con countless others like myself. Here's the countless others, and they're all through the country going behind these walls and stuff. But a lot of people don't want to go because, oh, it's taking too much time. That's all I have is time. I'm going to do time in there. I'm going to do time out here. I'd rather do it out here and go in there, do my time, and get out. It says here, <laughs> I get my greatest thrills of accomplishment from the knowledge that I have played a part in the new happiness achieved by countless others like myself. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, the fact, I love that, that there's facts here. The fact that I can work again and earn my living is important, but secondary, I believe that my once overwhelming self will has finally found its proper place. For I can say many times daily, thy will not mine be done. 
So our business is doing God's business. God's business is taking care of us. And as long as I'm doing God's business, what happens to me is none of my damn business. He's been taking care of me all these years. So why should I trust him? So we trust God and we clean house and we help others. And that's why I'm here to help whoever wants to talk. Let's talk. You know, if you want to lie to me, I'll listen to it too. <laughs> there you go. Love, love you. Thank y'all. All right. <laughs>